like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Another precious gem here today for Song of the Soul. If you're a regular listener, you started to get to know him on this show a few weeks ago when he was one of six friends who shared their stories to memorialize and celebrate the life and music of Larry Penn. Mark Dvorak is back with us today, this time to share his own music. Mark has some six recordings to date, with lots more coming in the near future, and he's especially known, perhaps, as part of the staff at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. His music is beautiful, his stories are personal and folky, and his guitar is engaging and inviting, and I'm sure you'll soon feel the irresistible call of a master folk musician as he leads you to join in the song as Mark Dvorak now joins us by phone from Chicago, Illinois. Mark, it's great to have you back again for Song of the Soul. Mark, it's good to hear from you. Thank you. It was really fun to have you with me as we talked about Larry Penn a few weeks ago. And you haven't been sitting still in the meantime, have you? I saw something that said you've got like four CD projects in the works. Yes, I set myself up for a recording here at home and entered the process of trying to create a series of recordings, kind of niche topics. I'm going to do a CD of all banjo music and a CD of kind of old pop standards. It'll be called It's a Sin to Tell a Lie. It's an old Tin Pan Alley song. Fats Waller first recorded in 1938 or something. The arrangements will be a little stripped down, but it appears we've entered the age of disposable music. So I do want to record some more, and I can do it here at home for a fraction of the cost of a production CD. It's a fascinating process of recording and editing and trying to make everything sound real. (laughs) And if you're doing your own, essentially, producing of your albums... If you're the one who's trying to give yourself input, is that a little bit like being your own doctor, or is there a real help in having someone else out there taking care of you? You've nailed it. You have to get inside your own head and your own space, so to speak, but you can't get lost in there, and you have to step back and listen again from another perspective. The real benefit is, of course, you get to try something as many times as you want, And I've always had uh, trouble in a studio with the clock running. And so this is kind of fun, you know, to to take it as many times as I need and uh, get nice and relaxed. And hopefully the results will be what I'm after and what people will enjoy listening to. 
I want to thank you and I want to call attention for our listeners. There's a little bit extra sacrifice that Mark Dvorak is doing today to be with us here today for Song of the Soul. He's got a cold, but he's fighting it. You're used to fighting that kind of thing on stage. Have you ever let a cold keep you from the stage? (laughs) You know, I can't remember uh, ever missing a date because of illness. And part of it is, you know, people, there's a lot of work goes into planning an event, whether it's a concert or I remember one time being pretty sick at a, and having a Cub Scout a gathering. It was in the evening and the whole group of boys in their blue uniforms would be there. And I called them and I said, look, I can't make it. I'm really under the weather. <laughs> and I said, and I don't want to get anybody sick. And she said, listen, you have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you do your best. But it's interesting how your body will always rally. And, of course, afterwards, then I'm totally wiped out. And, but uh, it's just part of the adventure. Well, we've got an adventure going today. You've got a number of songs you're going to share for your song of the soul. Why don't you start us with the first one? What do you want to share? I thought the first one would be a song called Every Step of the Way. And it was one of my early songs that came and... And it was one I really liked, and it started along, long before it was finished. I had an idea of the melody and the chorus, and I had the first verse, and I just couldn't get it going. And the, um, the sheet I was writing on, it sat in a drawer for a year or more. And at the time, I was pouring through a lot of Joseph Campbell's books, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and listening to a number of his talks on cassette tape, very inspired by his work. The springtime came and I had finished a song. It was one of those Towns Van Zant used to call them lightning songs that just come right out of the sky. And I had finished this other song that morning and I said, man, I'm feeling like something might happen today. I'm going to get out every step of the way and see if I can take another crack at it. And with the thought of the hero's journey in mind and, and my own sort of journey through music and how we're always looking for the way through the dark woods and looking for the things we, maybe we always knew them and we just forgot them. And and I was able to get the verses down and it took me about two hours, I guess. And I wanted it to sound like a, you know, I've had people say, oh, is that an old Carter family song? Is that an old gospel song? But I never used the word Lord in it or (laughs) <laughs> or any, you know, I, upon purpose, I just wanted it to be spiritual in a way. And well, you've got the word salvation in it. <laughs> yeah, but I looked up the word salvation, and it's an interesting word, and it's you know, it's a word that means rebirth. And I go, well, that I'll I'll, I'll take that. So I finished the song and I sang through it, and a friend sent me an email, and uh, there was an article posted on the internet commemorating it was Joseph Campbell's 100th birthday so that was kind of a serendipitous footnote to Every Step of the Way and it is Every Step of the Way by Mark Dvorak I have come here today on this blessed occasion to meet all my friends in a happy reunion here I stand on my own as a new morning breaks and I have walked every step of the way 
have wandered so long In the darkness of my prison I have fallen and failed beneath My weary burden I have looked for the light I stood up just to say I have walked every step of the way I have walked every step of the way I have walked every step of the way Tell the people I've come here to stay Tell them I've walked every step of the way Like a cloud casts a shadow sure to freeze me Every devil desire will burn me Then release me with my heart, with my hand And with every breath I take I will walk every step of the way Tell the one that I love There will never be another Tell the liars and thieves They didn't need to bother Tell the ones who I owe My debts will be repaid For I have walked every step of the way I have walked every step of the way I have walked every step of the way Tell the people I've come here to stay Tell them I've walked every step of the way There is no easy road to the kingdom of salvation You must carry the load to your final destination You must never turn back You must not be ashamed And you must walk every step of the way I have walked every step of the way I have walked every step of the way Tell the people I've come here to stay Tell them I've walked every step of the way Tell the people I've come here to stay Tell them I've walked every step of the way Every Step of the Way, a live performance by Mark Dvorak. His, uh, what was it, 2004 or 2006 yeah, CD? Yeah, 2006 CD came out, Every Step of the Way. That was the first CD which included my own songs, and so it was an exciting time, and I must have hit a period where, you know, I was writing all the time. I was writing songs and, and jotting down essays, and uh, I enjoyed it. But, of course, you have to come back to Earth and pay the electric bill and <laughs> and uh, do all the other things to promote a CD and so forth. Yeah, well, and, you know, things like paying the electric bill, that's part of every step of the way, too. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Some people would just as soon not have that stuff dirty up our great artistic path. But Well, know, yeah, you know, it's interesting that we fall into this 
or I do anyway, where, you know, I'm sitting in traffic trying to get somewhere and find myself impatient. I'm going, don't these people know I have something important to be? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and of course, so do they. And that's part of it. And a guy told me uh, one time when I was working a night job and struggling to learn instruments and just starting out playing in cafes and so forth, and this whole balance between working a day job, or in my case, a night job, and trying to live the performer's life. And I said, well, I'm working. I said to him, I'm working to try to quit my job and do music full-time. And he goes, you are doing music full-time. Your job pays for your rent and insurance, and your vocation is your music. So it's all related, and I think that's a very healthy way to look at it. Everybody has to work for a living. You said, Mark, that... That song, Every Step of the Way, was inspired by some of your reading of Joseph Campbell's stuff. That makes me wonder about your religious, spiritual, mythological, what what your background, where where do you start from, where are you now? Uh, One of the steps along the way certainly is Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Well, we were, uh, I grew up in Cicero, Illinois, in a, a dense Catholic working class city just west of Chicago, but we were not raised Catholic, and we weren't church-going people, but when our family moved to one of the further suburbs west, we joined uh, Advent Christian Church and went to Sunday school, and I went to Bible camp a couple times, and, and I liked church, and I liked, as Carl Sandburg said, I liked this Jesus, you know, <laughs> but I haven't been a member of a church since then, but yet, like many people, we derive a uh, spiritual nourishment from other places, and one of those places is the Old Town School of Folk Music. We just had uh, one of the founders was here for a visit over the weekend, Frank Hamilton, and the stories poured out from the 1950s and musicians who we revere and and who we follow and teachers who we emulate our own teaching were there and we remembered them. And it's a school where everybody is welcome. It's a school where even if you don't have enough money to pay for lessons, you can study there. There's a lot of goodness. And I think goodness is a thing. And music is a practice. And music takes you to deep places. Is it also a community? Is there a real sense that you're bonded together arm in arm? I think of, for instance, labor unions as a kind of a spiritual community. We've really got each other's back. And so the the folk school, is, is that? Absolutely. And it's really several communities, you know, multiple communities. Yeah. So it's a place I returned to. And it was really interesting to watch. There was a bunch of young people there jamming with a 12-year-old scratching their fiddles out and with 80-year-old Frank Hamilton and a host of others. So in a way, you know, music has become that thing. And I find religion an interesting subject. And, you know, I've been to a lot of churches since. And, and you know, I have friends who are Buddhists. And there's a lot of people now in my life who are Jewish. And you learn from all of this. And we're in America, you know, <laughs> where it's... Uh, Everything is all mixed up. (laughs) Particularly the government's mixed up. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, start there. But, you know, what's interesting about Campbell, I think, one of the main things I learned from him was the subject of time and how he said uh, the past is what's already happened and the future has not yet happened and we can only live in the present. 
that had a uh, profound effect on me. Because every time I would dwell on something that already happened, I became sad. And every time I dwelled too much on things that had not yet happened, I became nervous. <laughs> and the teaching is, is what's happening now and to focus on that. And I think, you know, a, a religious person meditates and prays, but I'm a musician and we are musicians and we practice. Those two are similar in a way. And that's what we do when we put the past and the future aside. We tune up, we listen, we open. Well, I'd like to spend more of my time listening to some more music. How about giving us another song? What would you like to share? The Bourgeois Blues. Is that because you're a blues guy or because you're bourgeois or anti-bourgeois or what is it? That's because it's Lead Belly. Lead Belly was everything to me when I was first learning. And did you learn from his recordings or did you learn from, did you actually travel to see him? I don't know what year he died. Oh, he died way, way long ago in 1949. I loved Bob Dylan growing up and I read a biography of Bob Dylan by Anthony Scaduto. And it went into Dylan's early years in Greenwich Village and meeting Pete Seeger. And Dylan called Pete Seeger in those years. He called him a saint. And I had heard of Pete Seeger. So I went out and got some of his records to listen to. I think I checked him out at the library. And, of course, Dylan was a protege of Woody Guthrie. And Seeger, to me, just illuminated who Woody Guthrie was in a way that you know, Dylan sort of emulated him, but Seeger, I think, illuminated him as an important artist. And Seeger also talked about Lead Belly, and Seeger played the big 12-string guitar, and everything I read, everybody said, Lead Belly this, Lead Belly that. So I went to the store and bought a Lead Belly record, and I'd never heard anything like it. That 12-string guitar clanging around, and he sang with a thick southern way of speaking, and his songs were about things I couldn't even imagine, you know grasshoppers in my pillow and singing prison songs and work songs and bourgeois songs <laughs> oh it's one of the great folk songs and i wound up having went down the first time i owned a car that didn't have like two hundred thousand miles on it i went down to louisiana and i found lead belly's grave right behind the shiloh baptist church and, and walked around old shreveport where he used to play the bourgeois blues is when uh Hudy, his real name was Hudie Ledbetter. He went to Washington, D.C. to record for the Library of Congress in the mid-30s, 1935 or 6. And he knew that Abraham Lincoln once lived in Washington, D.C. But, of course, he and his wife weren't allowed to stay at the hotel. And Hudie's friend, Alan Lomax, said, Oh, Hudie, don't worry. Washington's just a bourgeois town. <laughs> and I heard this story from Ledbetter's niece a woman named Tiny Robinson. Tiny and Jim Robinson live outside Nashville, and she is the executress of the Leadbelly estate and has all his papers there, and she had the guitar there since Leadbelly passed away. So she told me that story, and I just thought it was such a powerful statement. And I love the last verse where he sings, Land of the brave, home of the free, they won't be mistreated by the bourgeoisie, and so I've always admired that song and always admired the power behind such a simple piece of music. And of course, I tried to capture something of Lead Belly's inimitable guitar style. And the 12th string I'm playing on this 
track was made as a replica of Lead Belly's old Stella, beautiful instrument. And the song is Bourgeois Blues by Lead Belly, performed here by Mark Dvorak. Yeah. Well, listen here, people. Listen to me. Don't try to find a home in Washington, D.C. It's a bourgeois town. It's a bourgeois town. It's a bourgeois town. I got the bourgeois blues. Spread the news all around. Well, me and my wife, Martha... Standing upstairs, heard a white man holler up, don't want no colored up there. It's a bourgeois town. It's a bourgeois town. I got the bourgeois blues, spread the news all around. Don't want to be mistreated by the bourgeoisie It's a bourgeois town It's a bourgeois town I got the bourgeois blues Spread the news all around That's the bourgeois blues, all right Hey, let's give it up, let's get Jan and Jim Maybe something wrong in Washington, D.C., but Lead Belly made something really wonderful out of it. The Bourgeois Blues, performed by Mark Dvorak, who's here today for Song of the Soul. How do you relate to the bourgeoisie, Mark? Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. Folk singers aren't generally the upper echelon in terms of income. Well, it's all relative, I think. You know, I think it's important to remember that we're all human beings here I almost feel like, you know, the distinctions of rich and poor and conservative and liberal and so forth, of Democrat and Republican, in a way, I'm suspicious of all of those terms. I have friends who are ultra-conservative, and they think I'm very far left. And these are nice people. These are good people, generous people. And then some of my progressive friends think (laughs) I'm a little too far (laughs) to the right, (laughs) and and. You know, I I just think, what's in the middle, you know? I've come to learn that in the middle is compassion. In the middle is reason. And isn't that the thing to aim for in our decision-making on policy or personal politics? And do I do it all the time? Well, I fail at most things more than I succeed. But yet, we're human beings. And we have a saying at the Old Town School in Chicago, all welcome. Everybody's welcome there. There's no security codes to punch. You just walk in the door. It's nice. It's a nice place to be. And, and I think it's a model of how a community and several communities can function around creative practice. And I did want to mention while we're talking about it, the Old Town School there in Chicago. It's the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. Their website is oldtownschool.org. I've got the link, of course, on northernspiritradio.org. But speaking of limitations, you told me about a song 
that you wanted to share that has to do with, I guess, limitations. People who can't run and people who can't see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was a song I wrote after getting to spend a weekend with one of my guitar heroes, the great Brownie McGee. Our meeting came as a result of visiting with Tiny and Jim Robinson in Nashville. And Tiny grew up right in the apartment across the hall from Leadbelly. And and I kept asking her all these musical questions. And she said, well, you have to talk to somebody who played with Hudy. She goes, "Um, call Pete. Pete played with him. Pete Seeger. And she goes, no, don't call Pete. He's too busy. (laughs) And she said, let's call Brownie. And so she picks up the phone and called Brownie McGee. And she, he says, he wants to talk to you. And so I put him on the phone. I go, I go, hello, Brownie. He goes, well, hello. He goes, come on out. He goes, yeah, we'll get together anytime. And I thought, well, we'll try. As it turned out later that summer, the price of airline tickets plummeted. And so I was able to get a round-trip ticket to Oakland for $150 and spent two days with Brownie. But when I got there, he didn't want to talk about Lead Belly. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to talk about Brownie. (laughs) And that was just fine with me. And he didn't let me record our conversation because he was working on a book of his own. And I have the feeling he'd been ripped off a lot of times in his life. So we had a memorable visit. And what a wise, wise, thoughtful man in his kitchen where it would be a pantry. He pulled back the sliding door and and he had a piano in there and LPs and a record player and he had polio and and he got kind of big towards the end of his life and he didn't move around well so he had everything on the first floor and he goes I climb the stairs one time at night when I go to bed and I come down one time when I come to greet the day and so he had everything on the first floor and he told me he had his he studied voice in college he had a degree in music he pulled a record out and he put it on the, the record player and uh, he said, now don't look at this record, I want you just to hear this. It was Pablo Casals playing the Bach cello suites and he said, what do you think of that? I go, it's beautiful. He said, that's the blues. So he was well read. He quoted Rudyard Kipling and everything, you know, from a kid from Knoxville, Tennessee. He was self-educated and wonderful artist. And one of the things Brownie said was he talked about his partner, Sonny Terry. He said, you know, one couldn't run, one couldn't see. They traveled the world. Ninety-six different countries they played in. And he said it was pretty amazing. So I thought, well, there's the title. One couldn't one run, one couldn't see. Blind Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee. So we're getting ready to go in the studio, and I got two more songs to write to get to ten. And bam, there it was. One couldn't run. And used, based it on uh, Brownie's own song, Walk On. Brownie, of course, played with his partner, Blind Sonny Terry, and he made a joke. Sonny Terry couldn't see and I couldn't run. (laughs) Brownie had polio when he was a boy. So I wanted to write a song, friends, to remember the world remember Brownie McGee to the world and for me to remember our magical weekend with him. You can help me sing it if you want. He goes, one couldn't run, one couldn't run, one couldn't see. I said one couldn't run, 
that one couldn't see that blind sunny Terry Brownie McGee Who is that man he's pushing them strings bending them hard love he's making his sing the one couldn't run I said one couldn't see that's blind sunny Terry and Brownie McGee Love, who is that man? He's crying like a hound Blowing up blues from the bad end of town One couldn't run I said one couldn't see That's blind Sonny Terry And Brownie McGee Sonny was blind The Lord had mercy But the blues didn't mind One couldn't run I said one couldn't see That blind Sonny Terry And Brownie McGee Now Brownie said Hey Sonny let's go have some fun Everybody knows when you're dead, you're done One couldn't run I said one couldn't see That's blind Sonny Terry Brownie McGee performance by Mark Dvorak. One couldn't run, one couldn't see. And good old Brownie McGee. So you got two days over there. He wouldn't talk about lead belly. Did you, were you able to fulfill your lead belly 
desires somewhere else? Did you get a hold of Pete Seeger then? Actually, a friend of mine and I, uh, we were working on making a children's book about Lead Belly based on his song, The Great Goose. That's what led us down this path. I'd gone to visit his grave and I'd written this story about finding Lead Belly's grave and a friend at the, the local college radio station. He ran the folk show and a guy named Scott Witt, and he also happened to be the news director, and he loved Lead Valley. We got together, and we produced a kind of an audio documentary based on that piece I had written, complete with interviews, and we played records to illustrate some of Lead Valley's music, and then he submitted it. I don't know how he did it, but it got played in 160 cities. It was like a two-hour piece, and it won an award, Peter Lissigore Award for Journalism, and that got me thinking more about Lead Belly, and we came up with this idea for a children's picture book. And that led us to Tiny Robinson, and, and eventually Pete. I got to meet Pete and have lunch with Pete Seeger, and he agreed to write an introduction for the book. And so it was all very exciting, but the book got turned down like by six different publishers, so it never came out. So that's the Lead Belly story. Before I go on, I want to remind our listeners that you're tuned to Song of the Soul. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, your host for this Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find almost 10 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. So like you'll find a link to Mark Dvorak's site, markdvorak.com. Also to the oldtownschool.org website for the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. There's also a place to post comments, and we love to have your voice join in with ours. Two-way communication is the best, so please leave a comment when you visit. Also, there's a place where you can donate to support Northern Spirit Radio. It makes all the difference to us because that's how this effort is funded, and it's full-time syndicated across the United States. So please help us out by donating when you visit northernspiritradio.org. But even before you do that, and even more important, first thing to do is support your local community radio station. They provide you a slice of music and of news, stuff that you get nowhere else. So please start by supporting your local community radio station. Again, Mark Dvorak is here today for Song of the Soul. I had him on my guest previously for a, a little bit when we were talking about Larry Penn, who's one of his co-travelers in, in the folk music world. One thing I was going to mention about you, Mark, is you're not as old as me. Uh, your hair still has some other color besides gray in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hair is getting gray, getting thin. How much of an anomaly are you in the folk music world? You have all these people, you know, you're talking about Frank Hamilton, who's 80, and, of course, Pete Seeger just died in his mid-90s. And yeah, he got up there. Yeah, uh, what's your age? My age, I'm in my mid-50s now. They sent me an AARP application. <laughs> so here I come. So when did you actually pick up the guitar and all these records and start listening to them? About how old were you? Well, my brothers had guitars laying around the house, and I was into sports as a young man, and I fooled a little bit in high school, but it wasn't until after high school that I got my own instrument. I just wanted to play music for my own enjoyment, and I thought it was something I wanted to do. A friend invited me to join her in class at the Old Town School of Folk Music. That was around 1980. So I went down there with her and her dad and for a class. I thought, well, maybe 
I can get good enough one day and be a teacher here or a place like this, and that would keep me connected to music. And, you know, you got to remember in those years, Peter, Paul, and Mary were around, and John Denver was around, and Gordon Lightfoot was around, and it was only 15 years after the great folk boom of the 60s, but there was a lot of musical generations in that short time. But the, the music was on people's minds. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to learn where these things came from. And when I started playing around in little cafes and open stages and so forth, and you get a sense of what everybody else is playing. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of natural gifts, I don't think. And there were people who could really sing and who could really play and they could really write songs. And I think I started digging into this older material just to find some music of my own to begin bringing around. You know, you start pulling on the thread on your sweater and <laughs> and one thing leads to another. And I just always found the stories behind the songs to be quite interesting. And, you know, and then when you start meeting people like Frank Hamilton and Fred Holstein in Chicago and Art Thiem and Pete, and, and they're all about history and they're all about the context that surrounds a good song. What exactly do you teach? You mentioned multiple communities at the Old Town School. Are you teaching history? Are you teaching guitar lessons, banjo lessons? What's the curriculum? Yeah, you can learn tuba there if you want. And there's classes of rock ensembles and jazz and classic guitar and piano. And there's children's art programs. And I work in what they call the core program where we have guitar levels, and occasionally I teach a banjo class. And so I just teach these days. Right now I have a, two classes of beginners, and we just learn the guitar, and next session they'll go up to level two. And then my other class is an ensemble class, which we work on playing together by listening. And we don't write too much down, but we get a chance to explore our instruments and learn to play melodies and learn to back each other up. And within all of that, you know, I try to choose songs that are easy to pick up and easy to find harmony on. And I try to find things like the great Woody Guthrie song. People who have never heard of Woody Guthrie get a chance to get into some of his stuff. Well, I think it's about time that we should play another of your songs. I chose a live version that somebody sent me. Uh, I think this was on Veterans Day in uh, 2009. This is a song called Not War. I had sung that afternoon. A friend of mine is a Vietnam veteran, and he belongs to a group called Vietnam Veterans Against the War in Iraq. And Veterans Day, they had a gathering in Chicago at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which is down along the river, right across from the Trump Tower. (laughs) There was a young man speaking at that gathering. His name was Tommy Young, and he was severely injured in the war in Iraq, and Phil Donahue made a film about him. And Actually, it was 2008, because Obama had just been elected to his first term. And my friend asked me to sing Not War, the ceremony, and did, and I did a couple other things. And, and then Tommy Young got up to speak, and in his wheelchair, he wheeled up his paraplegic Uh, And he actually passed away about a year ago from his injuries. And he spoke very eloquently about our new president. And he didn't have much to say about Obama's predecessor, President Bush. But 
He said, we've got a new president, and he's made a lot of promises to veterans. And Tommy Young said, let's hold him to it. And I was listening to him speak, and then he wheeled his chair over to me, and he, he reached out his hand and shook my hand. And he said, that's a great point. It meant a lot to me. Not war. Mark Dvorak. Who will bring the soldiers home? Not war. And welcome them with open arms, not war. Who will bring the soldiers home? Who will heal their shattered bones? Who will pray for the ones now gone? Not war Who frees the world Of hate and pain Not war Who cools the burn And calms the flame Not war Who frees the world of hate and pain And releases men from guilt and shame Who chooses love in freedom's name Not war Jesus was the Prince of Peace Not war Who teaches now what Jesus preached, not war? Jesus was the Prince of Peace. His only gift was love and grace. Let us now his will embrace. Not war Join as one In every land Not war Reaching out with Every hand Not war Join as one in every land from mountaintop to desert sand all of humankind command not war who will bring the soldiers home I guess you know you've hit the big time when you get mailed to you bootleg copies of your performances. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was Mark Dvorak performing Not War. I wanted to mention some stuff on your website. Uh, You've got at least six recordings out there, or maybe it's more. Also on your site, there's a couple other recordings that aren't your own 
that people can access there. One of them is the album is called The Circle Game, Marge Weber, who's a 79-year-old woman, I guess. And the other one is Church of the Never Wrong, like the Sons of the Never Wrong. That's a pretty good theological statement there. Who are they? Well, the Sons of the Never Wrong are this amazing trio in Chicago, Bruce Roper, Deborah Maris Later, and Sue DeMell, who now lives up in the UP. They're a wonderful group, very exciting always something new and they made a compilation record they invited all their friends in chicago to submit a song and record it in their studio and then the sons would come in and collaborate and i didn't get to tell them what to do they just took the song and did what they thought they would do it so i was lucky enough to have a track on that compilation and then marge weber is a student of mine she, at age 70, decided it was time to learn how to play the guitar. So she's been at it for 10 years. And when she turned 75, she threw herself a big birthday party and invited all her music pals out to her in this nice backyard with her daughter and son-in-law live next door so they don't have a fence dividing the property. So we set up all the sound equipment and lights, and we had a Marge Fest. <laughs> and... The discussion began to maybe record some of the live performances for her family. You know, it just was hard to get a nice live recording, and I'd just gotten all this recording equipment. I said, hey, Marge, why don't I just bring it over, and we'll just work in your house and make it very simple. And we talked about the process and how to practice, and she sent me little CDs in the mail. This is what I'm working on, and I'd sent her some feedback, and so we finally did it. And she did a remarkable job, and then I came back and put in some other instruments and voices, and we made a nine-song CD. And as it turns out, one of our friends in our music circle writes for the Chicago Tribune. In his Sunday column, he put a piece in about Marge Weber and the Old Town School, and then a reporter in Marge's hometown, Elk Grove Village, Bert Culbertson, I think he felt scooped, so he went over to Marge's house and had a video camera come in, and he wrote this beautiful article about her, and he uploaded it to Associated Press, so that article got picked up all over the country, and now in the Elk Grove Historical Society, there's a display of Marge's mother's guitar made in 1910, and a little picture in a frame of her playing the guitar. It was an exciting time for her and for us, and they have a very beautiful family, and Marge and her husband, Lloyd, have done a lot of good work over the years. Uh, he's a retired minister, and they've got like 15 foster children. And she might have learned some chords and songs from me, but the things I've learned from she and Lloyd, you're not going to get in any music school. You know, they're just beautiful people. I think it's kind of amazing. Maybe at the uh, age of 79 or 80 or whatever, she goes platinum, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a nice little project, you know. It, we just pressed 400 copies. There's only a handful left, you know, so it, it sold out and it paid for itself. And she had a nice piece of work to leave for her many grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Well, we got time for one more song. How do we finish off? Well, I wanted to finish with a song called We Become. I read an interview with Bob Dylan six, seven years ago, and he said a profound thing. It, the interviewer was remarking on all the different phases of his music career, and he said a profound thing. He said, well, 
we are always in a state of becoming. And I jotted that down, you know. I said, wow, that's right. We're growing. We grow. And we become. And the song really began to come together when these uh, students in my class, they kept taking the class over and over again. And I thought it might be due to the excellent instruction they were receiving. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was they became friends and fell in love. And each had been married before, and they were a little older. And I admired them because they kept at it. And now, actually, they just announced their engagement. So. And anyway, I had them on my mind, and we become the things we love. We become. We become the things we love. We become. We believe in the things we feel. A broken heart, a will to heal. Love is all there ever is. So let it out and let it in. In choosing to begin again, we become. I watched you for a long, long time Through the cloudy days You smiled at me and your warm sunshine Chased my lonesome blues away Now I never want to let you go It's so hard to explain But something yearns within to grow To become again we become the things we love We become And we believe in the things we feel A broken heart, a will to heal Love is all there ever is So let it out and let it in In choosing to begin again We become crooked smile upon my face you're always on my mind I never knew such a lovely place in all those years of wasting time a hand to touch a heart to hold at long last we are one like a miracle our love unfolds and we become we become the things we love We become We believe in the things we feel A broken heart, a will to heal Love is all there ever is So let it out and let it in In choosing to begin again We become in choosing to begin again The rest of the music that Mark Dvorak shared today for Song of the Soul were live recordings of his songs. That one, however, was from his Waterbug CD. It's called Time Ain't Got Nothing On Me. 
and we become is the song. It's been a great process of becoming with you while listening through your music. Again, Mark, I really do thank you. You've got such beautiful vocals. I, I love particularly the way that you often sing with the audience. You entice them in. That's how I think folk music is supposed to be. It's not a virtuoso up in front showing off. It's the people being led into the music and becoming part of the music. I think so, Mark. And, you know, I always feel good when I can perform and feel, you know, the audience is involved in it. And, you know, it's it's a thing I saw Pete Seeger do when I was a young man and, and other performers, too. It's kind of what we teach at the Old Town School. Yeah, I love it. Well, I love your music. I Again, I'm so happy to have met you through my exploration of the music of Larry Penn, which we had on maybe a month ago. There's so much good music. People want to find Mark Dvorak. You go to his website, markdvorak.com. Find the link from nordenspiritradio.org. Don't forget to check out the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago website, oldtownschool.org. You can find any of Mark's six or maybe within a year, nine recordings. (laughs) A lot of stuff coming out. It sounds like the creative buzz is happening full-time in your heart, Mark. And I thank you so much for taking the time today, even with your cold, to join me for Song of the Soul. Well, Mark, thank you for making this time, and it's been a pleasure to talk music with you. And I love your website and love clicking around and listening to the different voices that have become part of your uh, world. I'm glad to be part of it, too. Thanks again so much, Mark. Okay, thank you. And listeners, keep in mind that there's a bit more of my interview with Mark Dvorak on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website. Stuff that I just couldn't fit into this broadcast. So look for the bonus excerpts there, including one more of Mark's songs. And please post a comment when you visit. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy. So